Welcome to Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. Paul, Ryan, Spud and Tessa absolutely stoked as we thump United 3-1. First win at Villa Park against United in 26 long years. Ah, oh, Jacob Ramsey, he's one of our own. Welcome to Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. Contingent uh, for the podcast. It's up the villa, the Aston of the Aussie Villains podcast. And I'll tell you what, we've got a cast of four. We have Tess. How are you doing, big man? Oh, doing really good. Recovered from my injury. Um, no Achilles anymore. Um, feeling good. Oh, sensational, Spud. Hey, everyone. Yeah, I'm good, Paul. Welcome back, Tess. Oh, you. Spuddy. I missed you guys, man. Uh, group group hug group hug with group Rhino. Hug. I'm doing hugs right now. Yeah, good to be back on, fellas, with the the full group. Well, we just had um just had the highlights at the start of the podcast, and what highlights they were. Three one win. I feel bad because Tess, you you said you picked three one, but you weren't on the pod, boys. What did uh, what did you boys pick for the uh, result? It was a one all for me, a KG one all. Yeah, a well earned one all for me too. Well, I got it wrong. I uh, I went three nil, uh, yeah, so I was pretty disappointed. Did you go three nil Villa? Did you? I did. I, did. <laughs> I went three one Villa, and I had Dean to score, Bailey to score, and Ramsey to score. What? Oh. oh man, you needed to be on the pod. We would have been killing it. I swear, I, um, if, I, if I went to bet, mate, 
well, we, <laughs> I mean, if I punted on sport, I um I would be not doing a podcast. I'd be uh, begging for a couple of dollars to make a phone call. Also, but, there are but, reputable other reputable like betting companies out there. <laughs> but we do <laughs> have. Um, with, did you guys see on Twitter the um one of the guys who had been speaking to us uh, via the podcast links and everything? He um he asked us uh, during the podcast, should I put money on Villa? And while we were doing the podcast, I said yes. And he sent back the um he sent back his slip, and I think he went three nil and three one. Oh, and really? He, Amazing. <laughs> made it, made it, and he posted it up. I said to him, "Oh, you know," I sent him a message. I'm not sure you should be posting up that, but anyway, he um he had a good little win. So you know, when I, I say that as well, like I predict, I, that's what I was saying. I was saying three one, right? But like I was saying it because I was in a positive mood, but. Like I didn't ever think in any like world that would be the result of Villa Park, mm. to be honest, you know. But I was like, got a new manager, new manager bounce. Why not? Tess, you need to uh, manifest these things, and they shall happen. So, bring forth the energy, the karma at Villa Park, <laughs> guys. Let's talk about the game. And look, I won't go into my second by second things because basically it'd be pornographic with how I was feeling after the first few minutes. But. <laughs> Didn't they just look on the front foot? And we'll, we'll after we all speak about it, we'll we'll play uh, about a minute or so of Emery's interview. And I think what you guys are going to talk about with the game, he actually sums up, and he was very excited about it all. So tell us your thoughts, guys. Well, let's go. Yeah, Tesco for us. He's he's been off the pad for a while now, so I'm interested yeah. to hear a few of the old test views. Yeah, so, sound that alarm. Put it on now. No, I won't sound you alarm. I won't sound you alarm yet. It will come later in the show. Get in there, Tess. Go hardcore. Um, look, I, 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 I sat down to watch the game and I was eager. I don't know if any of you guys ever do this, but when you're sort of excited about a game and have like a really good feeling, I sort of like bounce around the room. Like I don't sit down. I just bounce around the room and like fold my arms. And I'm looking at the screen. And I just don't know what to do with myself. I'm just like anticipating greatness. And were we? I, don't, I can't remember. Were we shooting towards the whole end again this time? Yeah. First yeah. half. Yeah. This is like this is like a new thing, right? This must be a new thing because the energy and the way that I saw the group talking in the huddle beforehand, um, and then to start the game the way they did. Just there was a point at the very beginning where they said, "Right, we've got the ball, so we're just going to take our time," and it looked like it was about being confident. Like they've been told, be confident in your ability. Don't if you get the ball, just don't whack it up there. Keep the ball, and they did that in the early part um, where the ball went between Martinez. He was chased down by Ganacho, I think his name is, um, but still just nicely passed the ball along to Mings. And they seemed to find these nice, beautiful triangles in the early part. And I said to myself, Oh my god, like these guys are actually just trying to play and keep the ball and wait for an opening. Yeah. Um, which was really, really nice to see. And also, um, just as part of that, it was nice to see um, the, the coach speaking to the players throughout all of this, like throughout all of it. Anyway, then it comes um, Watkins gets the ball and um, trying to take on, was it Dallo or, I don't know if it was Dallo or Lindelof, and then gets into well, Ramsey, right? Ramsey plays this beautiful ball. I mean, the ball weight of it was just like perfection perfection and bailey 
back to what he did against Brentford, scoring a wonderful goal. He can finish, by the way, Bailey. Like, he's a good finisher. Um, I couldn't believe, Tess, can I stop you there? I couldn't believe some of the commentators going, oh, I'm not sure if he actually meant that. What the hell? I mean, yes, he meant it. What else was he trying to do, miss? I mean, he's, if, if I, I'm not sure, and I heard somebody else in another pod talk about it, but when Bailey's on form, if he's not hitting the target and making the keeper work, he's hitting the post or scoring a goal. Yeah. Like, he's... He's, he's very accurate. Mm. I think he's very accurate. And um, somebody else in a different pod mentioned that. And I had a look at it and I thought, hang on a second. You know, that's really, really good um, statistics there. Because I remember every time Bailey's had a shot, if he hasn't hit the post, he's worked the goalkeeper. And if he hasn't worked the goalkeeper, he scored a goal. Yeah. Um, what a finish. Great, great finish. And the energy was just there. I, I mean, I could feel Villa Park right here in Brisbane. It was The energy was amazing. Um, going on to the next bit, you know, free kick, um, Luca Dean, edge of the box. I love to see what the... Uh, did you guys watch the um, pitch side and the manager cam thing? Yeah. I saw yeah. M- yeah. Martinez directing the wall. Yeah, put that into the group there. It's good. That pitch side is very good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's fabulous. And we, put up was... a, we put up a post as well. It was um, a, a, a fan cam behind him. So it was just someone who videotaped, uh, videotaped, had um, recorded on their phone. Um, and what brilliant directing by Martinez. And, and and they looked like they were listening to him. They were moving across into the right spot. And they completely tricked Man United. They were following I mean, the players. This is this was Nanny McPhee at his best. Um, Did you listen to that video I put up there to you about the, the Neil Cutler on the Ben Foster podcast? Did any of you listen to it? I yeah, haven't yes, actually listened yeah. to that yet, but oh, I have listened to it today. Um, that's brilliant viewing, man. Uh, just, it, he explains everything in it. It's so good. Oh, I, I look, I miss Cuts because I like him. I thought he should stay. He, if anyone was going to stay at the club, it was Cuts. Um, anyway, this um, I'm, I'm rambling because I haven't spoken to you guys for such a long time. <laughs> um, ramble away, mate. This is the time to ramble. And um, Luca Dean, I mean... Oh my goodness! If you could hit a better—I don't know—if you could hit a better free kick than that, it was just wonderful to see a free kick scored directly because I can't remember. Oh, two thousand four hundred odd days since we last scored a free kick direct. Apparently, it was that's where I've read. Ben, ben Tucker okay. against Newcastle, or that was yeah. it? Yeah. from Grealish, wasn't it? Yeah, no, Ben Tucker against Kubiari. So was it? Was it Benteke? Yeah, I'd say it would have been that directed or the ball being rolled onto someone because Grealish actually touched Torrens one, so direct from yeah. the free kicker would be Benteke. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it's been ages. Oh, my goodness. In the league, anyway. Yeah. Well, hey, 26 years it was since we beat Man U at, at home at Villa Park. You know? 27, 27. And I say one thing was around the free kick there as well, Tess. Do you know what I found interesting? You had Buendia, um, Douglas Louise, and Dina lining up the three of them. Dini actually looked the less likely to hit it from the body shape. So I think that yes. was a good as well. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and that's what really I, thought, I thought. Dougie was going to take it. Oh, yeah. I thought Buendia, because Buendia was lining up with the right leg. Uh, Louise was uh, lining up to run onto it, like uh, thinking it was going to tap it onto him. Like the last thing you thought you were going to. Because he, he, he hit it from a standing position. It was brilliant. But how, oh, lovely, was how, how lovely is it to look like we're bereft of ideas and now have three or four options? And, and teams are now going to. We're going to stand around the ball like the good teams do, and they're going to decide who's going to take it. And it's really? going to trick more teams than it's not. Confidence oh, is an amazing thing. 
Neil Cutler said in that video, he goes like, Villa fans like need to realize how good at, um Austin McPhee is. He said he's he's brilliant at what he does, and and he, I don't want to ruin it for you like when you watch it. And then he goes on about uh he goes on about all the special free kick there because the Villa actually have in the club. Yeah, and he, and and he goes. They're, they're working on things at the moment, and there's reasons why the free kicks haven't been working out. I don't want to say, say too much about it till Tess gets to watch it, you know. But okay, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna watch it. Please don't spoiler alert for me. Um, really and I'm pretty right. sure all the listeners have already. I think got every it. Villa fan should watch it to be honest because it'll stop all this. Oh, why is he why is Nanny McFeeman kept? Why, you know, mm. I think any, every Villa fan should watch it for the first so 20 minutes. I just think... want to say with, with Lucas oh, Dean though, he's got form for free kicks, and why he hasn't been taking any before now is a bit of a shame because. At Everton, he was quite prolific with his free kicks. Would always be up for an assist and a few goals. So hopefully, he can continue with it. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. Well, I remember Danny Watkins saying before though that Douglas Louise was by far away the best free kick taker in the club. I remember Ali saying that in an interview last year, last year that Douglas Louise was by a country mile the best free kick taker, dead ball taker in, in the club. So I'm going to come on. I want to come on to Douglas Louise a bit later on in in yeah. the pod if if we get a chance because. Um, um, he's, for me, he's just growing as a player, and I'd love to talk a bit about him a little bit more later on. I'll just wrap up what I was going to say about this game, um, just really quickly. Anyway, um, Bailey and Ramsey on that right hand side, the kind of link up they were doing throughout, throughout the first half for me was this is something that we saw with um, Ramsey and was it Grealish at one point as well, where they just seem to have this really good link-up uh, play oh. under Dean Smith at some points. Um, I don't know what it is about Ramsey, but he just seems to be grown as a player. I mean, Bailey, that link-up between the two of them, the touch, the go, the triangles that were happening in that first half were unbelievable. Anyway, um, unluckily for Ramsey, he scores a, um, uh, an own goal. I mean, I reckon it was just absolute fluke. There's no chance... That got was a shot on target. Mate, that, and that in... wasn't. I don't consider that. I, I, it's just me. It's my old school thing. I don't consider that a own goal. Like he did nothing that caused. Besides standing there, he did nothing that caused. I, I know technically it's an own goal, but that's the least own goal I can see in the longest time. Yeah, and there's no blame there. There should be no blame at all for that because there was nothing he could have done about it at all. So um, yeah. So we disregard that. We scored a goal for them because they came to our patch. They they were never going to score a goal, so we scored for them. It's okay, no problem. But then the 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 cutback for from oh, Watkins and the, and I, I think we've spoken about this before. Ramsey, if you play him in that position, he will score goals all the time. Does he ever score a shit goal? Uh, sorry about my language, but does he ever score a crap goal, Ramsey? Because every time he scores a goal, it's almost like a worldie. Clean, clean striker of the ball, isn't he, when he gets a run onto it like that and just it stays hit? How many times does he hit the roof of the net, though, and mm. just looks like a cracking goal? From the inside of the foot as well, just it just steps into them. I'm doing the action as I, as I, I speak think, to you. I, I think as well, something that's important to mention about that second goal there as well, lads, is uh, just this while we're going past it, was that uh, that second goal was an unbelievable team goal. And like I know Watkins done a lot to hold the ball up and play it forward and stuff, but the build-up to that point was unbelievable. Mings played it into Louise. Louise played it over to Ramsey. Ramsey gave the cash. Back to Louise, back to Mings, into Dina, into Watkins into Ramsey, barely finish. 
There was like yeah, that, nine that passes in the build-up mm. of the goal, but it, it, it's it, the, the, the the previous five passes are, have been missed a bit because of Watkins' little run. But mm. the that goal was unbelievable. Yeah. I, I don't think we've seen. Um, I don't think we've seen a collective better three goals by Villa in in many, many, many a year. All three goals were absolute class and different, and it was just just lovely to see. Yeah, it's it been a while. Yeah, but it was beautiful. Um, and I'm going to wrap it up there because hopefully we still get some time because I'd like to point pick out a, a few players so you can sound the alarm for me. Just a few players that I wanted to briefly talk about um, during that game. So over to the next person. I just want to touch on the the formation to start with and sort of pushing Bailey forward to be up top with Watkins in that fluid 4-2-2-2 formation and, and it sort of chopped and changed as we needed to through the first half. But Bailey being that far forward is just such a threat with his pace. And that, like, like Tess has already spoken about, that ball through for the first goal from Ramsey not many people are going to keep up with him once he's going you know, once he starts running through on the the shoulder of the last man. Just beautiful, and you know, just the tactics from Emery already coming to the front that he set up a team um, to, you know, play against United and and work used our strengths and got our players playing with the ball. And I was a bit nervous to be honest. First five minutes, we were playing with the ball in our half, and like Tess already said, Ganacho nearly charged one down, and but it was good to see us composed and just players wanting the ball and moving into space for each other because we've just been playing within ourselves, you know, for a few weeks. So it's good to see a bit of freedom with the players. Um, but yeah, the the free kick, Lucas Dina, like I've already touched on, love to see mm. him take him from the left-hand side. That's his strong point, being a left footer. And he's got form for it. He's played at the top level and scored goals at every club he's been at. So hopefully he can continue with that. And yeah, and Jacob Ramsey, I thought he had a great first half, but... The, Louise, for me, was just the heartbeat in that first 45 minutes. Whoa. Just everything went through him. Everything was started with him. Just, you know, he was hungry for the ball. He was showing for the ball. And just, yeah, he was just setting players off. And, and Dendonka's the perfect foil for him. Just a big, a big guy who can put himself about and he can play oh. as well. So yeah, I think they've got a good little, um, a good mix there is the double pivot. And, you know, we all of a sudden we look like we've got Kamara back. So we're sort of blessed with some good options in midfield. But yeah, as far as first halves go, I was obviously gutted to see United um, jag a, you know, a fluky goal right on half time and was expecting us to be under the pump after that. But, you know, we came out and played in that second half. Amazing. The only time, the only time in in that game when Man United, in my opinion, from when I was watching, had um, better possession of the ball, or had their moments in the game, was when Dendonka left Casemiro. Whenever, like Dendonka was near Casemiro, they weren't doing anything. We were, we just seemed to be on top all the time. They couldn't get hold of the ball because Dendonka was just all over at Casemiro at one yeah. point. It was well, over to over to you, Spud. Well, get in there, son. No, I, I was enjoying listening to the boys there. I, just, I was just, <laughs> just going to say one thing there about um about the in the the first like there was another move in the fifteenth minute there as well that that didn't come to anything but it was Louise and Cash had a little build up and they played into Bailey and Bailey skinned the fullback and the winger and he pulled it back and there was three of them lining up for it. There was Buendia, um Watkins oh. and Ramsey and and Buendia took the touch and put it just over. It would have been a serious goal and the momentum that and there was just after the other two goals as well. 
And then I think for the first half an hour, it could have been like the pressure we were applying. But there was a moment in the match I thought was vital. And um, that was when Martinez made the save from Ronaldo, Ronaldo's header. At 30, it was 33 minutes in the game. It was a double save first. Ganacho took the ball. United were just starting to get a foothold in the game around the 32nd, 33rd minute. And Dallo played that crossfield ball and Eriksson put it out wide then to Garnacho and he cut inside. And Martinez made a very smart stop down to his right. And then they recycled the ball and Eriksson put a blinding cross. And I think Kanza might even got a touch of his head to divert it a little bit to try and... And um, Ronaldo hit the header and Martinez saved it with his leg. And that, that was the moment I thought this game's going in our favour because I think if United had scored at that moment, they would have grown in momentum. But United mm. Villa before would have wilted, but now they made the save, they regrouped, and then they started attacking again straight away. And it got to the 44th minute, and when Luke Shaw hit that, you just thought straight away after 27 years of torture, because I'm sick of losing to them, that <laughs> I just it was typical, you know? I was just like, they haven't offered to pose a threat at all, apart from that save from Martinez, and they go in and get a lucky goal like that 30 seconds before the whistle. And you just felt... That was it. You know, just after years of a Villa fan, you know, we're not the best yeah. team under pressure mm. the last few years. And you just felt, ah, oh, United want to come out here in the second half, aren't they? And Villa yeah. didn't allow them to do that at all. And that's massive credit to every one of them players, you know? Well, you know, it's something else um, that I wanted to say. So I just thought Mings was, you know, he, he didn't get mentioned very often as, in, in the man of the match kind of calculations. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Standing, um, yeah. he, is, he is our... He's our, he's our skipper. I, I, I don't care what anyone says. I mean, mm. he's just, his leadership is outstanding. And I want to go back to something you guys said about um, uh, Emery, and I really don't believe it's a one-off. His communication gets picked on because he doesn't speak the cleanest English. Well, I'm going to say something about that. I can't speak Spanish, German, French, Italian to save myself. Mm. And these guys that we pick on because they don't speak the way we want, they speak multiple languages. I just want to say that to start with. But the second part is his enthusiasm. Oh, my goodness. That, that's not something he can manufacture. He was so enthusiastic for the job before the game was played. He sent his coaching staff away. And we said that, um, Spud, in our preview um, pod. He sent that coaching staff away um, to go and watch United. And it's so obvious they did their homework. I just... Yeah. You, you, I have to agree with you there, Paul, because, you know, it, like I see everyone saying that, oh, I can't believe he's built this in three days. He's been devising a game plan for a week and he obviously seen straight away United's backline, lack pace, right, Ollie Watkins and Bailey up top. We know yeah. how to exploit it. No, it's easy just to put them up. They also have to have the players to execute the game plan and, and, and to get the players to buy into something very, very quickly, that quickly and believe in what you're asking them to do because it's a completely new way of playing for them. They've been told mm. to do the opposite for the last 12 to 18 months. And, and and to be able to shift it around and believe just goes to show when a manager of that calibre comes in, players take notice straight away. You yeah. can't question him because he's done it. He's been there. He's won more than any of them. Well, you know? just before we continue, guys, I just want to... Uh, we did put up a tweet um, uh, the morning of... or After the game, as and we had up there, still absolutely buzzing, who was your man of the match? And we gave the options of Bailey, Watkins, Dinye and Ramsey. And it was really close. We got 282 votes and Ramsey just pipped Bailey. But in the comments, almost everyone said Mings, uh, yeah. but it wasn't a lot of comments. But that, that's a good amount of votes there, 282 votes. Ramsey just ahead of Bailey. Watkins in third. 
and if, and and Mings probably would have been in third if if he had been the option up there. So mm. I think um, Bailey got the official man of the match, didn't he? He did, he did. Yeah. But um, mm. from the supporters there and from other yeah. sides, Ramsey was very yeah. close as well. Oh, I, I think, think um, I think you could I think, any one of them. Well, Bailey got the uh, the stadium man of the match, I think, and then yes. um, according to Premier League, I think Ramsey got it. Um, but it could have been, yeah, as Spuddy said, it could have been. Anyone? I mean, I would have thrown Douglas Louise in there too, man, because yeah. I thought he was unbelievable. Yeah. Can, 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 can he Gaffer get man of the match? <laughs> he he was the best manager. He was the best manager on the day. Do you know what? Well, it was good. It was good to see him as well. I can't remember after which goal it was. It might have been the second goal that he was. You know, he made a point to go and see and address everyone on the bench and shake everyone's hand. You know, he was. He's. He's got that feel-good factor. And you could just see all the players like Sanson and Kamara were just, you know, sort of celebrating mm. the junior goal. Everyone was – it just looked like a, a united front, didn't it? Everyone was sort of – It wasn't a united front. It was a villa front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, nice. you know, it was just good to see, you know, yeah. he's invested in all the players on the bench, all the coaching staff, and the players then were reciprocating. They were all up off their feet. You know, Santon's had zero minutes, and he was up with Kamara, and they were just, you know, celebrating the goals. So it was just, yeah, just really good to see. And, and did you see Morgan uh, Sanson tweeted uh, not long after the game of just how excited he was about yeah. getting reception from the fans? Yeah, and um, it's interesting to see Villa have actually put uh, a tweet up with him as well, a photo yeah. of him and Morgan Sanson. So there's obviously, I think, you know, the, reading between the lines, they're sort of going to try and reintegrate him by the looks, which I'd be, you know, I think most Villa fans would be happy to see him back. He's a, he's a good footballer. Sound the alarm. He's a good footballer. Um, <laughs> and and it was frustrating. Just give him a couple of minutes, even if you don't fancy him as a player. He can't be any worse than what the skipper was, like in in terms of form, you know. And if you don't give people a chance, you don't know. And just a few minutes here and there would have been ideal, just to see if he can do anything different. Because we we've, we've got him there, and I and I really dislike having players at the club who don't play or get an opportunity at some point. If if they're poor and terrible all the time whenever they get to play some minutes uh, in the first team, then I understand and the supporters will understand as to why they're not playing. But he made one mistake in a, in, in a game and since then he's just been frozen out. I mean, unbelievable. Um, so it was glad, I was, keep it short, glad to see him back. I'd say he must be so tempted, like uh, secretly to text Stephen and go, hey, Stevie, it's a bit ironic, isn't it? You told me in August that I had no future at this club. He, delete, he deleted his number already. You <laughs> were gone before January, man. Com- competition for places is is crucial, though, isn't it? You know, all the top teams have got, you know, p- players in each position or two players in each position. And it can only make you better having that competition in the squad. And, you know, and like Tess has already touched on, that he's, he's played at a good level, you know. He's played Champions League and... So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him back in there. Same as Nakamba. You know, we've got a squad. Let's use it. Nakamba wasn't well, even in the squad this time. He wasn't even on the bench. No. Well, we'll, we'll come to that. We'll come to that in a moment when we preview the uh, the upcoming cup game because that's the kind of the perfect segue for the squad development and the squad list, I think. Um, but for me, the excitement was the players running behind the United nonstop, um, the pressure on the ball, it was just a pleasure to watch. And, and we've been saying that since the start of the season. 
We just want our mm. team to have a dip, have a go. Mm. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But, oh, mate, I, I, I still, I know you guys are being pragmatic about it. Can you give us your summary? Because I know we don't want the pornographic part, but we do want to hear your summary. Because <laughs> oh, no, I, I really I, enjoy look, listening to your summaries of, I, of a I, game. I, I deliberately this week, I started doing the summary and I went, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do what Spud and you guys actually said. And I put my phone down and I just said, enjoy this moment because this is something special. And I, and I actually sent a message to my dad about that. I said, this is going to be something special. And so I'm sorry, mate, but it was about two minutes, three minutes in, I went down, putting it down. I, I don't know where you find the patience, win, lose or draw, to sit down and write down over the game as you watch it. I couldn't do it. Oh. I, just, I just find it, it's something I reflect back on. I, I've done it for probably uh, over 100 matches. And, yeah. and I'd like to actually put it into a bit of a kind of book or a, a thing one day because it, it, it's real emotion in each of them if that makes sense and it's it's captured at that time so i will continue to do them and it'll be there for the um i'll do one for the cup game this uh this friday but um for me the reason spud is just i really don't want to forget any of those moments as a supporter and and that's why i write them down and it's easy to look i do it i do comms i do comms as a job that might be a bit of a hint for you mate i wouldn't have the patience to put up a fence so uh you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but the, 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 the overriding feeling as i was writing as well was and i said it just then there's something special here and it's not just this one game this this could change our club for the next few decades. And I know people are going to think I'm overstating that. But Emery, it, there's something about him I've always loved. And we've said it in previous pods. He Even when he has a bad season, he has a winning season. We, we Remember when we looked back, Spud, and we were going, even in, even in Russia, he had a massive winning percentage. He, 38 games out of 70 at Arsenal, he won. This is a winner. We've got a winner. Does anybody um, read a bit of the interview he did with Marka there? I haven't been able to get the whole lot of it because I can't find it translated yet, so I've only been finding snippets of it. he done an interview there a couple of days ago with Marka, the Spanish newspaper. Did any of you read it, no? No. no. Yeah, I've read bits of it, same as you, but I've only caught bits of it in I've English. Trying, I've been crawling, man, trying to find a proper translated version of it because it would be so yeah. interesting. But basically about it, Paul, anyway, he says that um, he talks about uh, Nasser Suarez basically just said to him and said... Um, Build me a new club. Build me, a new, build me a winning team. He said, yep. "I'm going to back you for whatever you want. Come, you're the man we want. Um, build me a new team." And then he talks about. They asked him how how do you win to a new club and like you stamp your authority. And he goes, "What you got to understand is you're not a dictator." He says, "You have to remember day one, everybody respects you." He goes, "What you got to figure out is who's going to respect you after a hundred days." You know, mm. so that's the same as uh, same as my uh, philosophy for dating, mate. Before I, met my <laughs> yeah. and, uh, he just he goes he goes into quite a bit of depth about the tactics. As you know, Paul, I'm kind of I love the tactics side of the game, like so. For mm. Emery coming in for me, that was just brilliant because you you seen snippets of it the other night how he was how he was able to get a team to move between formations. That is something mm. that Villa, I I couldn't tell you the last manager that we had no. a tactical. Martin O'Neill was brilliant to watch, but he wasn't a tactical manager. He was just yeah. like, he had, he had great attacking threats, you know. The last mm-hmm. tactical manager we have in the game has gone tactical. To move forward, you need to have a tactical manager these days. Well, look, let's, let's just revel in these three points. It's taken us out of, I mean, we said it, Spud, before that uh, in the last pod about us being in a, um, 
relegation battle. And and we just thought it was a little bit early in the year to call it a battle at this stage. But even the goal difference as well. So we get the win and we move up to 13th on 15 points. Um, three points clear of Southampton on 12, but also the goal difference as well. And you can start then looking up the ladder and you're one point off being in 11th. So really, really vital win. Um, Guys, let's have a quick break. We'll listen to uh, Emery just for a minute or so talk about what he thought about the game. And it it will definitely reflect what you guys have already said. We'll come back and we'll preview the exciting cup game against that dastardly Manchester United. Of Aston Villa, a happy day. What's your assessment of the team? Well, definitely amazing, amazing. Uh, enjoy here with uh, with our supporters and uh, in the Villa Park. Uh, was the first day, and really, I was so excited, and now I'm so happy. How pleased were you with the way the team began the game? Um, I believe in in these players, and I know they are underperforming. And still underperforming, but uh, because we have to be and uh, to take regularity in our in our way. But uh, sometimes they were uh, showing their capacity, and uh, they made before as well. But I I think we have to be uh, play with regularity, be consistent, uh, be disciplined, be organized. And I think the first step we made we made uh, today. Yeah, and how about the quality? of the goals, all very good finishes from, from Leon, from Luca and uh, Jacob Ramsey as well. Yes, uh, really was uh, amazing, uh, the goal we, we scored, and um, how we use uh, the, the paces for, for to attack the defence uh, was, I think, incredible. Uh, how uh, we, we ran behind, make, uh, behind them, our, 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 our attacking against them, and uh, after how we keep the ball, how we keep the possession, how we keep our positioning for, for to, to, to break the, the defence line. I think we, we make it very good. The Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. We are still glowing in the afterglow of a marvellous win at Villa Park. The crowd was just as loud as Villa Park has been in, in many years. And I don't know about you guys, but I've watched mini replays and replays and highlights, and I've just pumped the volume up to hear the crowd. Yeah. My, oh. my goodness, that I've still got goosebumps now. And, and, and I love when they took the mick out of Ronaldo with the suit. I thought that was hilarious. One of the funniest moments I've seen at Villa Park in a long time. And then they started singing at him, he's going to start, he's going to start crying in a minute. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen the commentators on the game were the commentators in the game were just you could they they felt that Villa energy they felt the supporters energy because when the third goal went in the commentator was just going it was almost like he was celebrating for Villa. He probably it was just, Lee Hendry, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hendry was yeah, come on, of course. <laughs> and uh, it's good to see it's good to see Lee doing well as well. I just, so. wanted, to, I just wanted to ask you one thing that um, didn't we notice it as well? I I I, I found it interesting. Like it's just because when I go back something uh, Rhino spoke about in, in a previous podcast and it came to kind of fruition in this game. Um, against Newcastle and uh, Brentford, when McGinn came onto the pitch, Martinez gave him back the, bat, the, the armband both times. Yes. It, didn't, it didn't happen in this game. Martinez no. kept the armband. And um, before the game, Emery was asked about the captain change in the press conference Friday, and he said, oh, I'll have to make my own assumptions and, 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 and nothing's going to change at the moment. So clearly he's told them, 
away from the cameras and not made a big deal about it. it just mm. said to Martinez, you're the captain. If the sub is made, you keep the band. Not like Gerard when he starts looking me in the eyes. It's obviously something he's decided. We're not going to make fanfare out of it. We're just... Right, Martinez. When he comes on, you keep the band. Unless we'll we give himself, unless we give himself said to Emmy, you know, you've been Spot the captain for seventy minutes. Keep it, you know. I don't know. So, but. so tell me, Spud, and I'll ask each of you um, without any response. I'm putting the warning out there for tests. I just want to know who <laughs> should be Villa captain right now. Uh, start with you, Spud. Mings. Tess. Mings. Rhino. Martinez. And I was almost going to say Martinez, but I've got to stick with Mings as well. I just thought his leadership and Martinez. I mean, they are on on field captains, but I'd go Mings as well. I'd have no problem with Martinez having a thought. Me too. Me too. I'm just really enjoying seeing Mings playing the way he is because he's been top notch. Apart from a couple of mistakes, he's putting together a really, really solid season. And the only reason I picked Martinez is because I just want to keep him where he's at, let him keep doing his thing. Um, and just going back to the the swapping of the armband, I like it that Martinez kept it and we just Same. let McGinn come on, focus on the game. Don't worry about the armband. Just get on, play football. He got pushed further forward. So, yeah, I, I'm, I was happy with that decision, to be honest. The point I was making about that, you've touched on it before as though, because I, you, you've said in the podcast a few times how you didn't like how Gerard made such a big deal about it. And that's why I was, yeah. saying, that's why I was kind of reverting to that because I was saying it was very evident that obviously... Emery's made a decision on this, but he's making the decision behind closed doors, you know? Yeah, spot on. I think that's, you know, some decisions have to be, you know, behind closed doors and, you know, let the football do the talking and just, yeah, Martinez had the captaincy from the start. Let's just stick with it. Let's go with it. Get McGinn on. Just play your game and, yeah, just let him go. At this point, I do think Mings is the, like, real cap material, but at this point, I would just say you may as well just leave with Martinez because there's no point in dragging all that crap on no. the game, you know? just Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, though, guys, we're, we're on gonna... this captaincy thing. I think, I think Douglas Louisa is out there as well. Um, I keep singing his praises, and I, I know earlier in the podcast we talked about him before he signed his contract, and everyone's like, "No, nah, he's gone." Everyone was like, "No, nah, he's gone." I was like, "Just sign him up, just sign him up," because he, I think, he's a potential leader for us in the future. I just well, see things in him. His um, class, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, he's just a he's a he's a wonderful player to watch. He's just he's 23 years old, I think, and he's just growing and he's growing and growing and he's displaying a lot of leadership skills out there in terms of talking to players. I think he had a go at Watkins at one point because he put a ball through and Watkins kind of blocked the ball, which prevented us getting a shot on target. Um, he just seems like he's one of those players that is just developing and developing and could potentially be a leader for us. I'm going to stop you all there, guys. We're going to focus on the cup game, the EFL Cup game on a Friday morning. We take on Man United again, and it couldn't be a better timing to take them on. And, and a really good segue because right now our squad, the injuries are getting less and less. United's aren't getting any better. This would be an unbelievable few days to do the double over United. Let's have a look at that. Let's have a look at that game. Boys, what do you think the lineups will be? Because I think it'll be not dramatically different, but I think it'll be an, an enough difference. I've gone very similar to the um, to the United game just gone. But obviously we lose Bednarek and Dendonka from the squad who are cup tied. Uh, Kamara got some minutes, so I'll be interested to see how fit Kamara is and whether he can start. Yeah. Um, so I've gone same same back five, and then I've gone Louise Kamara as my pivots, and then I've gone with the same 
the front two 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 um as as we sort of were with in the last game. But I'd like to see um you know a few minutes into Sanson's legs, Chambers also, um just to see some of these players get some minutes would be really good too. Absolutely. Uh go over to you, Tess. Um yeah. Uh, so the cup tied the cup tied guys are Dendonka and Bednarek. Yeah, yeah. Think of this much thought before. I think this means that we. It just depends on Kamara's fitness. So if if Kamara, even if he's if he's not one hundred percent, at least he must start the game. I think. Um, and then you have Ramsey, Wendia, Bailey, Watkins. Um, begin, I guess, comes comes back into the side to start the game. Yeah, I think so too. I definitely think. Um, I think McGinn comes in to start the game. Um, and well, there'll be a game plan to try and suit the way that each of these players play in their in their, I guess, in their best positions. Because um, I don't think. Starting Samson would make much sense because he just doesn't have the match fitness. He hasn't been playing games. Um, he's probably going to get some minutes as a substitute. Other than that, I think it's pretty much the same sort of lineup. Other than Dendonka will have Kamara come in. Could you see uh, Ashley? Could you see Ashley Young coming back in for a cup game? No, not for this game. Just yep. because I think Dean's just returned. He's fit. He needs to get more minutes into his body, and I think they will have a plan for him because he's going to be more creative, if you like, than what Ashley Young may, may be um, in a game against Manchester United, and has a bit more energy about him. But maybe as a sub, I just I, I can't see Ashley Young starting against Man United um, because I feel like because of his last game, he might be a little bit tired and could be a little bit. Exposed. Well, I think uh, just before we go to Spud, I, I think, you know, I, I can't see any reason we won't play a pretty strong squad. I think we'll go right at United because this is about momentum. This is about belief in, in both the players and also supporters. So I think I think we'll play a very, very strong team. Uh, over to you, Spud. I might expect a strong lineup, but I do expect some tactical tweaks to the formation because yep. it's a bit, it's a different game going to Old Trafford. I would I would imagine we'll be set up a little bit more to counter, because um, that's why he does. He's a smart tactical manager, and and it, it's it's going to be a different game. United are hurt too, you know. Um, that's not to say that we won't have our spells where we dominate possession, but I, I don't think we'll be on the front foot. But then again, I said that before the last game too, so I couldn't know how well it would be wrong. But I think I think. Home and away is different, you know, when you have a proper tactical manager, you know. Um, yeah. So I do think, I think the shape will be quite similar, but there'll be tactical tweaks as in, I think they, I think you'll be more of a 4-3-3 than a 4-4-2 because I think the boys will be tasked with a bit more defending because you just naturally yeah. do it. Um, Kamara, I, 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 I was thinking about this today and I was like, oh, he could start. But then the more I thought about it and he's only got 30 minutes, barely 30 minutes in the, in, in the legs. Um Maybe another thirty minutes. I don't know unless they would want to start him and give him sixty minutes. I don't know, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's nailed on to start Kamara to be honest. Um, just because of the lack of time he's played, how vital he's going to be. Now the only other thing is, and I don't think this is, 
unless they're going to try and get him some legs and give him a chance to go to the World Cup. That might be the only thing that might push it. But I, I don't think Emery's going to be worried about France's World Cup dream, you know. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, that's not what he's paid to do, you know. I'm, I'm sure he'd love to see all his players go to the World Cup for their careers, but that's not what he's paid to do. So I, I, I'd be surprised if we see him. Um, I think McGinn probably will come back in. I don't know who for, though. I'd like, is he really a replacement for Den Donker in, in a proper system? I don't think he is. Um, so, yeah, so uh, it's hard to know. I really, I don't know. I got to throw around the last one. I, I really can't predict with it, which is exactly how it should be. I shouldn't be able to easily predict my manager's lineup, you know. And, and, and a boring stat for you guys. Um, we haven't won an away game in our last five matches, and uh, United are unbeaten in their last five home games. So let's break another hoodoo. Mm. We've got two two away games now, haven't we, to finish up before the World Cup break? Yep. So yep. we'll be back at Villa Park for a while. But I think we should treat both games as two sort of mini cup finals. Now we've got a good break coming up. Let's go out there and try and get get a win in both games. Play, yeah. play a strong team in the cup. Um, I don't think Kamara will play the full game. I think he'll get some good minutes. But I do see a Chambers or a Sanson or, like you said, McGinn or you know someone coming on for him. But um, yeah, two games to go. Let's yeah, let's get after it. Well, we'll do a preview on the weekend of our game against Brighton because that game comes around really quickly. That's um, Sunday night, Monday morning um, for a lot of us as well. But um, look, I think the cup game is going to be fun. Um, we go into it with expectations that we we are going to see a very different Villa, and that's one of the exciting things since we've started this podcast. We, we've talked about the the lack of excitement following this team. And, and that excitement is back. We go into a game on Friday morning. I, I just wanted to ask you as well around the games there and stuff, lads. Um, uh, Cameron Archer, like, I've been beating this drum for a long time. They have to send them out and on in January. They, they, they're, yeah, wasting the, they're wasting the man's time. I said at the start of the season when everyone was saying Archer, 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 I was saying, like, he's more used to us in the championship. We've got to look at Archer and what he's going to do for us in two or three years. And like why did you add keep him like you know like the, I, I, I I scratched my head in August because he was but I I think he had a chance he was on serious form he had a chance to go down and really work on his work on his ability like down the championship for a year now he's sat on the bench all that momentum he had built up it's probably gone now you know yeah I feel mm. I feel really sorry for him to be honest because he, he's a really great talent and um, uh, he has to go out in January I think there's very little doubt about that yeah, it's, um, yeah. We don't have to, it. It just means that we're kind of we're forced with if we if we if we choose to play Inks and Watkins at the same time, we don't have a backup striker. He seems Bailey as a backup striker. It looks like yeah, that's, that's at the, the moment I, if he's on his current it. form, he's going to be playing right. Yeah, yeah, but he's, yeah. he's not playing as I don't think that we're seeing him, and I don't think we will see him play as the striker he was. I think he will be playing that kind of support striker, winger kind of hybrid. I don't think he'll be an out and out striker. He's so pacey, though. I think he'll have different roles in different games yes. against different yep. systems. Mm-hmm. I think he's going. I said this in the last part, Paul. I think he's going to become vital to what Emery does. He, he he's going to look at Bailey as a as a match winner. Like he he is a match winner. Like yeah. you think of all our good performances this year, Villas. Every one of them, Bailey was it was Bailey's best performance of the game, followed up by the best performance. Every time Villa played well, Bailey has had a really good game. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny though what football is all about? Because a lot of people were uh, down on Bailey. 
and, and, and including some of the coaches, including himself. And it doesn't football turn around quickly. Yeah, he can make something happen, though, can't he, Bailey? Out of all of our players in the squad, he's that one sort of player with that electric pace. And like we spoke about earlier, it's just his accuracy with that left foot. And yeah, if if once he puts it together, he's the you know he's the real deal and he's the full package. But um, yeah, exciting times to get him you know firing. Looking forward to seeing more of him. I want to have exciting players as well, though. I wanted to ask you guys a question about January that I've been thinking about. Do you feel we need to sign players in January? Yes. Yeah. And and what do we need to sign? Another winger for me. Sorry? Another winger. <laughs> well, there is there is talk of um, a couple of ex-Emery uh, players who are on the radar, including a forward as well. I, yeah, I see. I always see those rumors, but I'm really cautious to believe any of them. Unless we range of players where we're supposed to sign over time. It's just lazy, lazy media journalists. It's not guaranteed. Yeah, but the but oh, you wouldn't be surprised if he did bring a couple of players that he knows too. We've spoken about that before. A lot of managers do, but I think it's easy for the journalists to link us to Villarreal players right now. There might be no children, you know. Yeah, that yeah. is a hundred percent lazy journalism, and it's it seems to be the sign of the times, guys. Um, it's been a great podcast so far, but I do want your EFL Cup scores for Friday morning. Oh, it's a Friday night there, isn't it? It's what uh, we do. Is it Thursday night? It's Thursday night. Thursday night, Thursday night, night Friday morning for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be... Uh, hang on a sec. What happens in the EFL Cups now? Is it go extra time or is it penalties? Oh, you did tell us. Round. Did they scrap the extra? Did they scrap the extra time? I thought they did. I, I thought they, they scrapped did. the extra time too. Yeah, I think you just goes straight to penalties now. Mm. Oh, mm. come on! I, I can hear your brains ticking over. But look, two, um, okay, two-one Villa, two-one Villa. We we fall one behind, and we equalise in the fifty-fifth minute, and we score in the eighty-eighth minute at Old Trafford, and it comes. Off Watkins tries <laughs> to do a back heel, and it's a Luke Shaw own goal. <laughs> In such detail. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be important to go to Old Trafford and try to keep that and get, you know, the United fans on the backs of their own players. So we need to go there and be on the front foot, if possible. We need to sort of ignore all the noise if we can as as a team. Well, the players need to sort of go there, ignore all the noise, and just try and play on the front foot. And if we can get an early goal, I can, I can see Villa picking up a win in the cup. Uh, just to point out that, you know, one of the first things that Emery said is that um, he wants to win trophies with Aston Villa. And we, we all know that uh, one of the things that Aston Villa have been trying to do uh, over the last couple of seasons is do well in a trophy and perhaps pick up one of the Carabao Cup trophies or or the FA Cup, be involved in, in those. So um, I, I I wouldn't mind a, a 1-0 Villa at, at Old Trafford. I don't care what people say, Tess. I'm going to celebrate any trophy that we win like we've won everything because we've, we haven't won many over the past few decades and it would be amazing. Mm. I think we should just go for one of the trophies. I think that's going to be one of the best opportunities for some sort of silverware success because at the moment, at the moment, looking at the, you know, Premier League titles and stuff like that is, is beyond 
our team at this our club at this moment. Yep. But the that's what the cups are all about. The cups are about you know, it's a one it's a one match thing, you know, uh, and you've got an opportunity to go out there and win a trophy. Um and and so do the lower league teams. So this is we should go for it. So I've gone two one, you've gone one nil. One I'm going one nil, Villa. Uh we'll go Spud. Uh penalties. And uh one well, penalties and I can't pick one on penalties. Are you doing that because are you saying that because Fernandez will be back in the game and he'll get a couple of penalties during the game? Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> oh, sure. It's United are guaranteed to get a penalty at Old Trafford. Um, no, I think he'll go to penalties. Yeah, that's that's all I can say. And hopefully, then it's down to who can pick the nerve after that. Ah, uh, we've got we've got the keep. I'd, I'd back our keeper in a penalty shootout to do something to put a player off. I want to see the I want to see the famous Martinez dance at the United fans if he hits the penalty. <laughs> it's, too, it's, it's too pornographic for me. It uh, gets me all <laughs> gets me all excited. And over to you, Rhino. I'm going the same as you, Paul. Two one, and I'm going to go with Watkins and Ramsey for the goal scorers. Oh, I love it. Love it. Guys, it has been such a fun podcast. I kind of don't want to stop it, but I also want to look at the time for people as well. Um, look, we didn't get um, a lot of questions. We didn't get questions this week. It's quite weird. Uh, we got a lot of responses for who was the man of the match, but we didn't get questions. So, guys, if you have been listening to the podcast, you'll know that when we ask for questions, we will read your questions out. We'll give your Twitter handle. Uh, we'll promote you. So, please... Um, also, we know we're getting a number of listeners. We would love your reviews, even if your review has some positives and then it has a couple of things that we need to pick up on. We want to make this podcast for everyone. So you can do that either through at Aussie Villains on Twitter or you can do it through Apple, Google, Spotify, however you listen to us on Anchor. Please give that feedback. It's vital for us to shape this to be something, whilst we love doing it, we also want it to be something that you love listening to. Um, you can get me at Paul underscore football. You can get Tess at Cuban underscore night. You can get Rhino at Rhino underscore Watkins. And you can get Spud at at Spud 4685. And that, my friends, is up the villa, the Aston Villa podcast, uh, Aussie Aston Villa podcast. <laughs> up the villa. Up the up villa. The villa. The villa. Guys, that was, uh, I had to just, I, I, I love it, but I just have to try and keep it to a certain period because I add in like a minute or two of um, highlights and a little bit of um, different comments. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. Hopefully we get the double over Manchester United on Friday morning. You can get us at Aussie Villains on Twitter. And that's at Aussie Villains, capital A, capital V. You can get Paul, Spud, Ryan and Tess on the Love Sport Podcast Network. Available on Anchor, available on Spotify, available on Apple, Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please, guys, leave us um, some feedback. Uh, We'd love to get that from you. And if you ever want to ask questions, do so through Twitter and we'll get you on the podcast. This is Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast.